Good morning. We welcome each of you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church, Otis Clark Minister. And we're so happy to have you to join us this morning. And uh, we pray that everything is doing better for you if you've had respective needs. And we just hope and pray that what we share can help all of us in our walk with Christ. This morning, I want to talk about the great, great subject of kindness. And we're going to be turning to 2 Samuel, the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 13. Uh, and we'll start with verse 1, and let's listen to the word of the Lord. <clears throat> David asked, Is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show loving kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. And they summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. And Ziba answered, He is at the house of Mechar, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought before Lodabar from the house of Maker, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he replied, Don't be afraid. David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth uh, bowed down and said, Where is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops to, so that uh, your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at the table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Now Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's son. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. Kindness, kindness, kindness. We need to realize as we live our lives and if we seek to be a growing Christian and a productive Christian, that we need to seek to initiate kindness. That we need to uh, realize that kindness transforms. And we all need the Phoebusheth. Uh, we're all like him before God. And we need to let the kindness of God flow through our lives. Mark Twain once said that language or kindness is a language those unable to speak can speak. The deaf can hear and the blind can see. 
You don't have to say it. People know when it is there. Kindness, you see, friends, is more than just loving people. It is loving people more than they deserve. Kindness is going the extra mile. It is grace in action. We know that in looking at this scripture, looking back in the 8th chapter, that uh, David was at a very significant time in his life, uh, that he now enjoys rest from all of his enemies. The kingdom is established. He has capable leaders over seeing the administration. And David knows these are all the results of God's blessings and God's grace. And while enjoying God's goodness, David remembers Jonathan, his good friend, and asks, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And David had made a covenant with Jonathan. We read in 1 Samuel 20th chapter, verses 15 through 7, these words. Jonathan said, Do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord God, may the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. And also, as we read in 1 Samuel 24, verses 21 and 22, it was also a promise that David made to Saul when he spared his life. And Saul said, Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. And so David gave his oath to Saul. As we all know from reading this account about Saul and Jonathan and all, that both Saul and Jonathan died in the battle against the Philistines. No one is going to hold him accountable, but David will honor his word. He took steps, as we read the scriptures, we notice he took steps to find out if anyone is left in Saul's household. He has only one reason for doing what he is doing, and that is he wanted to show kindness. He stated this very clearly. In fact, this reason was said three times in this text. In verse 1, it says, to whom can I show kindness? In the third verse, to whom can I show God's kindness? And then finally, as we look at uh, Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, I will surely show you kindness. David was determined to show kindness. He initiated it. He wanted it. And it was not in response to any need or any call for help. It was a promise he had made and he kept it. No one is going to come after him for this, but this is what a man of integrity will do. In fact, David was likely touched by God's kindness in his own life because he says to Ziba, he wants to show the kindness of God. God has been good to me, and I want to share his blessings with Saul's house. First thing that we want to see this morning the importance of initiating kindness. We usually don't initiate acts of kindness because mostly what people do is show kindness only in response to a need. But David initiates kindness. He was determined to do that. 
And it flows out of the loving or out of the kindness of God that he received. Such an act was actually quite, a, quite exceptional in David's time. In those days when a regiment or a dynasty uh, came into power, the new king would want to solidify his position by purging the dethroned family. They would want to remove all possible threats to the throne, like what we often see in different parts of the world. But not so for David. He made a concerted effort to locate the descendants of Saul's house and found his grandson, Mephibosheth, and Jonathan uh, found his grandson, Mephibosheth, and uh, also Jonathan's son. And we learned of him, first of all, in 2 Samuel 4, 4, it says, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news came about Saul, and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And his nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, she fell and became crippled. And his name, the Bible says, was Mephibosheth. We first learned of this and uh, in uh, 2 Samuel 4, 4. The son, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. He was five years old when the news about Samuel, or I beg your pardon, about, about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. And so his nurse picked him up, and as they fled, as she hurried, he fell and became crippled. He was crippled, living in obscurity, living in poverty, most likely in a remote place, and called Lodibar. Uh, it was near the edge of Israel's border. And he is lame, not in one foot, but in both of his feet. There was nothing this man could offer David. He was crippled, not in one foot, but in both of his feet. It would not benefit David in any way to have him in the palace. Though, excuse me, Mephibosheth said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead log, dead dog like me? To call himself a dog is a repulsive uh, is repulsive enough for a Jew, but he said he referred to himself as a dead dog, unclean, contemptible, and quite useless. And David's words were so kind: "Don't be afraid, don't be afraid." And naturally, Mephibosheth was. And why would you even want a person like me? And David said something that stunned him. There were three things that David plans to do for him. He says, I will restore to you all the land that belongeth to your grandfather Saul. You will stay with here with me and will always eat at my table. And David also instructed Ziba to get his sons and his servants and farm the land to provide for Mephibosheth uh, the crops he needed. To give, and he said to himself, to give me one thing is good enough. To give me two things is very good. But David even prepares for what he needs. David's offer is not a token gesture. It is extravagant. The sense here is that it's too much, that this is overly generous. And this was clearly an act of grace. It was loving kindness to a man who did not deserve it, who could not earn it, and who would never be able to repay it. That is the kindness of God. A man, like I said, who did not deserve it possibly, could never earn it and could never repay it. The kindness of God. We can identify with Mephibosheth uh, uh, because we know that uh, 
Uh, he received so much from God, which he did not reserve, deserve, and the same thing is true in our own lives. Also, not only should kindness be initiated, but kindness transformed. Mephibosheth found grace that day. He did not seek the king. The king sought him out. The king sought him out. He was a nobody, but now he becomes a somebody in David's household. He would not eat at the king's table. This is not an occasional bonus, but a lifetime pension the king is giving to him. And so, for the rest of his life, he would always eat at the king's table. The outcast has become family. The scriptures seem to emphasize this. In verse 7, David said to him, You will always eat at my table. He instructs the servant Ziba, Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Confirm in verse 11, Mephibosheth uh, ate at the king's table like one of the king's son. And finally, as if we still not, did not get the message right, in verse 13, the author says, he always ate at the king's table and he was crippled in both feet. The emphasis here is deliberate. Mephibosheth is blessed by the king's kindness. We will always have the king's ear and his attention right across the table, enjoying his presence at every meal. You see, friends, when we look at this, we all, the fifth of Sheph, before God, we are crippled by sin. We're like dead dogs with nothing to offer or to offer except our filthiness. But the Lord came to look for us bought us back. Jesus brought us with a new life. We are ushered into his kingdom and now have fellowship with him every day. The kindness of God transforms us. How can we not be grateful? How can we not honor him? How can we not worship him? There is a, a beautiful song a lot of times that we th- sing at Thanksgiving time, and it's a song, Count Your Many Blessings, Name Them One by One, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And someone has aptly said that we can undertake to count our blessings, but if we are very deliberate in seeking to count every one of them, we can never do it. We can never count the countless, countless blessings. And God is the giver of every good and every perfect gift. And just as this particular son, grandson, was being recognized and being blessed, is that it was all because that David wanted to show kindness. The kindness of God transforms us. There was a minister by the name of Richard Ezel, and he shared his testimony. His dad, frankly, went to buy shoes for the shoe store that his parents ran. And on some of these overnight trips, he would take someone with him to for company. And sometimes it was one of his children or sometimes his servant helper, Willie, who is African-American. And on one overnight trip, his dad pulled up into a motel to spend the night. And, and they were at the front desk requesting for a room for each. And the desk clerk looked up and said, I, I can give you a room, but I cannot give one to him. It was during those times when racial discrimination was still prevalent. If he can't stay, I won't stay, the father said, and they walked out. And out in the parking lot, Willie said to Mr. Ezel, you can stay in that room and I'll sleep here in the van. That'll be all right. 
No, my dad said, if they won't let you stay in that motel, then I won't stay either. You uh, are like family to me. And they both slept in the van that night. At his dad's funeral, Willie related this story to Richard. He said that dad's words changed his life. For years, he had thought of himself as second class, second rate. But when his dad said, you are like family to me, it raised his esteem and his integrity. Also, we need to see in this teaching is David's kindness changed Mephibosheth's life tremendously. You can say God's kindness shown through David changed him. The world treasures those who are beautiful, capable, skillful, and smart. We love high achievers. We value people who are great examples, and we see often them sharing kindness and loving kindness to people. I wonder if anyone would want to, I mean, Fibishev, uh specifically highlighted here to us as one who is crippled and, uh, and both feet, uh, uh, crippled in both feet. He could even come to the king, but he could not come to the king by himself without help. He was likely carried to the palace by others. But David affirms his dignity, dignity and the way that he does it. He honors what he said he would do and he sought out the family members and he sought out this particular son and showed tremendous loving kindness to him. You see, friends, we all are precious in the eyes of God and valuable and dignified people. The account was given of a prime minister, French prime minister, who was in a hospital for a major operation to be formed by an eminent surgeon. And the prime minister said, now you will not, of course, Treat me in the same manner as you would treat those poor and ordinary peasants at the hospital. The Surgeon General stopped and thought for a moment and replied, Every one of those poor and ordinary people, uh, as your eminence is pleased to call them, is a prime minister in my eyes. That's probably why God wants this story to be placed in the scriptures to remind us of things that are very important. That is, every life matters. Every baby's life matters. Every life is made in the image of God and precious. It has nothing to do with their looks, their capabilities, their intelligence, or achievement. Every life needs to be touched by God's kindness. What David did was an expression of what Christ did for him bringing him from the pasture to the palace, from being a shepherd to being a king. God is good and kind, and we're called to be like him and to share kindness and realize it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Be kind, be kind. When Jesus shared that great sermon on the mount that's recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in Matthew 5, 16, he says, in the same way, let your light Shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I ask all of us a question as we come to the close of this message. Is there anyone to whom we can show God's kindness? Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. And I believe that this portion of scripture teaches us many things. 
but certainly it teaches us that all are important in your sight. All little babies are important in your sight and that all are of astronomical importance to you. And we just pray that as we live our lives, that we will look each day for opportunities to share genuine kindness with people. We never, never know the difference that can make and the help that it can give to a person. It's never too soon to share a kindness. We pray, Father, for our world. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leadership. And we just pray that we can find a vaccine for this horrible COVID-19 virus. We just pray that we all will realize we could have such a greater world if we would understand that we uh, have been asked by the Lord to be kind and to be generous and gracious. We know that when we think about the fruit of the Spirit, that uh, which are mentioned in Galatians 5, we've already talked about love and peace and joy and forbearance, and today we're talking about kindness. Give us a desire and help us as we seek to genuinely share kindness with many. In his name we pray, amen.